Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 204 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, we are slowly creeping to the end of 2022. All of the year-end lists are coming out for every single piece of media out there. Um, and that includes, of course, Spotify Wrapped. Uh, which is a contentious subject we'll be getting into in a quick second. But our own Spotify wrap for podcasters uh, information came out earlier this week. So we just want to thank everyone, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, Overcast, uh, uh, you know, Pocket Casts. I'm trying to think of all the different uh, apps. Downcast. Yeah. Up, up Dog Cast. Down Boy Cast. Uh, Downward Dog Cast. Yeah, they're, they're all there. Downward Dog Cast would be an amazing, amazing name. For, for, a, uh, for an for app a, or for a podcast? For a yoga podcast. I'm sure it exists, Angelo. If we just Googled it, I'm sure it would. But yeah, just a quick thank you to everyone who has stuck with us uh, in the year of our Lord 2022. I know. And you listen on, on Spotify, even though uh, one of the co-hosts of the show disapproves. <laughs> but that's because... Well, we'll talk about that in a sec, right? So yeah, let us talk a, a bit about um, Spotify Wrapped and the problematic um, history behind it, right? So to those who are not aware, it was actually created by an unpaid intern. And even and with that even said, and we we shared our Spotify rap thing, but you and, and did you do it like you, you use Spotify, right? I yes. I don't. Yes, uh, I use I use Apple Music, which doesn't do cool stuff like this. Really, right. it does something. It, it's okay, the Apple Music one, but it's not as uh, the Spotify rap one is actually really fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, there's a lot of... We'll get into the sec. We'll talk about it in a sec. But all that to say, the uh, creation of it was by um, an unpaid Spotify intern named Jewel Ham, who um, shared receipts on the internet. She had a, she showed parts of her presentation uh, about how she approached Spotify about this great new feature, which apparently now is um, a growth hack strategy, interestingly enough. So basically what it means is that, like, 20% of people reactivate Spotify at the end of the year to get their lists. Really? It's yeah. that exciting to them? Yeah. It's I mean, like a game, really. Yeah. A lot of people have like tied their identity to it. Like, There's a whole BuzzFeed news article about that recently, but the um, author reached out to several people who like um, curated their playlists by sticking songs that they thought would look cool and like letting them run overnight. Are you a shadow owner of BuzzFeed? Because we keep mentioning them on this show. No, but I get like two or three newsletters from them a week. And, that, and some of the stuff is, is kind of interesting. I get, uh, and no joke, Angelo, I probably get like like a, like 15 to 20 newsletters a week that I read. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me? Because you do sometimes forward them to me. I do when they're particularly interesting. And like I'd say like 50% of the time you're reading them. Speaking of forwarding, this is tech related, not related to what we're talking about, but... This week, I opened my work email address, and there was um, a subject line that said, 50% off, whatever special deals. Like, what is this? And it was from my daughter's email address. And the first thing that went through my head was that her email address got hacked or got yeah. put on some list or something, which would surprise me because it's, I mean, who cares? And her passwords are pretty good. So, And she has two-factor. Because so, like, yeah, even, even though she's the 13-year-old, I, I train her well with... Like the minimal amount of security. Do you hold classes, like weekly classes, where you, your wife, like you just basically like berate your family for 15 minutes and you just kind of like lay down the law security wise over and over and like go through their history and be like, this was, you could have, there was a, 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 a potential for an exploit here? No, but if you'll permit me, uh, after I mention this, I'll also have something else about family. The, I get the email and I thought it was 
something that was sent from her email address. But no, it was her forwarding me uh, a Christmas gift idea. She said, look, these things are on sale now. She never <laughs> does that. She usually sends me a text message, but because it was in her email, it was right. from Fitbit. So her email address is tied to Fitbit. So they send her all this stuff. And okay. she, for some reason, forwarded it to my work email address, which was really weird. Now, the other thing, yesterday at a family Christmas gathering. Wait, okay. Uh, so before I forget, uh, you use the words family and gathering. I have to point out in St. Cloud and Posse. Really? Is that a, a relation to them? Well, so the St. Cloud Bossy has the gathering of the Juggalos every year. And I've oh, kinda, and it is their own family. I'm, yeah. I'm tying this together like, did you go to a Christmas Juggalo celebration? Every time I think of that, I think of the documentary you pointed to me when we used to work together in the exact same office. Oh, like right? American like, Juggalo, I think, right? Something like that. And there was they a go pregnant, to the gathering? Yeah, and there was a young yeah. pregnant girl talking yes. about her baby yeah. Juggalo coming. And yes. that baby is probably like 11 years old at this point. Angelo, uh, the, the preferred nomenclature is Juggalette, just letting you know. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, for okay. a female Juggalo. Know. Anyways, okay, so you know. were at a family gathering of some sort that yes. was not Juggalo related. And one of uh, uh, one of Tina's cousins, he he had asked me if I could help him set up uh tina's aunt's iphone and he was and he's good with this stuff but he was having a weird tricky issue where he wanted the uncle's contact information so the contacts list to appear on his wife's list right so the, they both have the same thing getting that to one iphone to another is not a simple thing of just sharing because you have to share all whatever 150 contacts one by one then I thought. Then I looked it up, and there was a brilliant idea of well, log into the person's computer, go into iCloud, log into the other person's iCloud account with the contact information, and just download the V card, and then just put it on their contact list, and it'll be an iCloud. Super easy, right? Uh, laborious, right? So um, on the Android side of things, you download one file that you export, and you can just bring it to anywhere you want. It's a VCF file, and you just kind of you drag it wherever you want. And you're good to go. Oh, okay. Well, that is easier. But this was actually not too bad, except when it doesn't work. So I log into iCloud. Uh, very easy. Select all the contacts. I click on download the, uh, I think it's called vCard or something, VCF card. I don't know, whatever it is, right? This, uh, you download it. Well, guess what? I click on download. Nothing happens. No error message. Nothing. All right. Let's try this in Chrome. Of course, she doesn't have Chrome installed because, you know, it's like a seven-year-old's computer. Why do they have Chrome? They're just going to use the one that's there. So this is, I, I just want to picture that she instead decided to install Microsoft Edge. No. Just, Can you just install going, that on a Mac? I don't think that's possible. You know, say like Microsoft Brian is researching. Edge Mac. Download Microsoft Edge for Mac. Wow. Anyway, I did not use that. I used Chrome. And Chrome would shoot up an error saying it didn't work. Anyway, we did three things. Number one, we realized his payment information for iCloud had expired. So he was getting a message of iCloud is full. We fixed that. We reset the computer and we relogged into iCloud and used the beta account for iCloud and it worked. And that took 45 minutes though, but it worked. <laughs> but it's so frustrating that something that is actually simple when you think about it became so complicated because of certain things that weren't working. And yeah. we don't know what fixed it. It could have just been the restarting of the computer. It could have been fixing his iCloud account. But this takes us back to Spotify and how they're evil. I mean, yes, I guess. Yeah, that's a terrible segue, I think. But. Yeah, I, I, I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, so I have conflicting thoughts about Spotify. I am a Spotify user. I understand. But I also go to shows these days and buy merch, right? So I kind of offset. Like, for example, like my top Spotify artists of the year, uh, we're recording on December 4th. I'm going to see them this week, right? I'm planning on buying one shirt, if not two. This is ABBA, right? 
Correct. ABBA, I, well, ABBA was doing a reunion tour, right? Because they put out a bunch of songs earlier this year or last year. And you're going to take a chance on them? <laughs> oh, okay. ABBA reunion tickets, December 16th. Oh, wait. This is just no. Never mind. These are uh, ABBA tribute bands. I was wrong. Oh, too bad. Okay, so who are you going and see on December 4th or 5th, 6th? What are they? 7th, 7th. December 7th. Who are you going to go yes. see? So a metalcore band named Bad Omens. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, the show's sold out. It's kind of weird because they've recently gained a certain amount of fame due to TikTok. So the uh, one of their songs who's that's been like used a lot as a sound is now charting on Spotify and Apple Music and things like that. So it's super interesting to see that byproduct. But I don't know if we, we've talked about this, but recently uh, a musician named Steve Lacey had a song blow up on TikTok, and then people were buying tickets to shows and then only knowing the like 30 to 45 second bit of one song yeah it was just it's just awkward to watch those videos but at least did he end up getting some sort of income from this more so than he would have just from spotify right well for sure yeah so a song bad habit blew up i mean it kind of blew up across and like it sold also like digitally but it's kind of embarrassing when you ask the crowd to sing along presuming that they know the entirety of the song and then suddenly it's just that one brief section of a song did they keep asking him to repeat the song (laughs) no but will we reach a point where that happens i hope not i i sort of am sad that the album is dead yeah you're like me you kind of still listen to albums right yes i do yeah i i like albums but does that make us really old i think it makes us appreciate uh the format differently i guess i also think it depends on what kind of music you listen to a lot of people uh that get up in age think streaming is awful because they like owning their music and all that. I love the idea that we have access to any music we want because now if you recommend the band to me, I have no risk in trying it, right? No, exactly. It's funny. I was thinking the other day, like when I started, you know, um, obtaining music in less than legal ways, I had a two gig hard drive, right? So I was constantly burning stuff onto CDRs. Whereas now, like, I don't need to worry about that. I just need to worry about the the bandwidth cap in my home and then the bandwidth cap when I am outside if I want to listen to something. Yeah, and I mean, your iPhone has way more space than two gigabytes. Well, it has 32 times that, correct? Well, I mean, 32 minus like 15, right? When you really count all of the system files? Yes, that's true. Uh, those system files are, are tricky sometimes because they could be taking up so much space and you have no idea what they're doing. I still haven't gotten rid of my wife's bloatware yet. That is something that I'm going to do this week. I didn't have the courage over the last seven days to take care of it. Really? Oh, yes. That's the ongoing saga of the HP Lovecraft uh, Yeah, so it's, it's over there. Laptop. You can kind of see it, not really. Um, but coming back to, to song lengths, right? So song lengths have actually like decreased in in length pretty much like like the popular ones that have charted right so like back in the day like even 10 12 years ago the average song on the radio is about three and a half minutes three minutes 27 seconds and now it's just like two and a half three max it's so much shorter and going back to the 70s if you go back that far all the olden days songs were like regularly six or seven minutes long you're just thinking of a stairway is that not the only song from the 70s? <laughs> Top two. No, but what happened, right, in the 60s, if you look at early Beatles albums, the songs are super short. 60s yes. was like that. 50s and 60s, that was like the heyday but we're of talk- pop. So, but we're talking, we're talking about popular music here. Yes, like, but if, that was the saying. The heyday of yeah. pop, 50s and 60s, right, were really short songs. 70s, the popular songs got a bit longer than that. I'd have to look that up. I don't know if that's the case. Or are you just thinking about um, album cuts that have been like retroactively treated as like important pieces of music? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm having a different review of the, the past. But look, let's say the 90s. Popular music in the 90s. What was popular? Grunge, really, right? Early 90s. So yeah. a lot of those songs were pretty long. 
Like four minutes, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, so four minutes is very long compared to two and a half. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the whole reason why they are that length now is streaming, right? Like, if you, the shorter the song, the more streams it can get. Do you, are, so longer songs don't get more money for a stream? No, because they take longer to finish, right? Okay. No, it's all paid up per, like, song, right? So you need to do the 30 seconds into a song. And and one of the reasons Spotify gets a bad rap is because of the much lower rates they pay artists. Yeah, exactly. The per artist rate is pitiful, and I understand that, which is why I offset that by trying to go to see as many shows and buy merch and vinyl, and I'm trying to quit my vinyl addiction. It's been a very good couple of years, but I feel myself slipping back into it. Yeah, see, I don't get it. I, I'm I'm more about convenience. I just like walking into my living room, yelling something out, and it'll play. <laughs> Versus, like, I feel like, and we've talked about this, the intentionality of listening to music is something that I really enjoy still. It, it well, makes I intentionally me yell out what I want to hear. Yeah, but you don't change it up, right? You don't, you don't have to get up every 20 minutes and flip it and look at the liner notes. Like, where's your it's liner true. notes when you're yelling at Siri? It's like heroin. It's like a, the whole uh, custom of doing it. And the I, would, I would love for you to, to try something like that out. Love. <laughs> the 20, Not going to happen. 2023 goals, right? Like, are you setting yeah. intentions for the next year? Yeah. Perfect. Speaking of music, though, uh, I recently had the pleasure of having my first article out for Complex Magazine. So I wrote something for Complex Canada all about. So in Canada, we uh, had a, a series of compilations, 14 compilations of the big shiny tunes uh, brand, right? So it was the rock music of the day. So mid-90s to about 2008, there were 14 volumes, and I ranked them. And let me tell you, the internet was not happy about that. So you heard about you heard about it, right? You You, you were told how you're wrong in every single way. Oh, in a couple of ways. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I was called an MF or like literally the, the letters MF. And I really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been yeah, really music, interesting. music fictionado. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> music but, fan. Uh, I, I figured this would be incendiary. Cause like, for example, like the second entry in this series sold, like it's one of the best selling albums of all time in Canada. Yeah. And these types of albums are obsolete at this point. Yeah, which is also something I want to talk about, right? Because of streaming, obviously, like it's much easier to drop a playlist in than it is to, um, you know, force someone to go buy a CD for uh, songs that you could easily access otherwise. Yeah, and in my mind, these big shiny tunes albums go hand in hand with uh, the buzz, nine nine nine, the buzz. Of course, our friend Rob listened to the buzz as well. Yes, yeah. So it's an interesting kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like the the number of songs on. Big Shiny Tunes, as compared to the like the like buzz cuts, I'd say it was like probably like fifty to sixty percent overlap. Yeah, and th- and that's the reason I mentioned Rob because he's he's a, uh, a complimentary Canadian. Is that the right word? That is correct. Yeah, and uh, I wondered, does he have Big Shiny Tunes albums? Have you talked about this with him? He does not. No, we've talked about not. it. Yeah, he does not. They were know. not available right in the U.S. Not in the states. No. Well, it's much music, right? So it's it much as parent company. So much music is our version of MTV, and so they're in charge of putting those together too. So, they so only like for were example, like, here. Big Shiny Tunes, the Much Dance series, too, came out for a long time. Uh, I mean, look, Station. I worked at a music store when these things were in their heyday. Yeah. Late 90s. Did you ever buy any? I never bought a Big Shiny Tunes album. Can you believe that? But did you buy any compilations? Not really. I, not that I can think of. I, I may not be remembering properly. I'd have to go look in my box of 200-something CDs, and there may be a compilation in there. In, in terms of compilations, it would be best of albums. That was, I was really excited about best of albums because that was great, right? You get the best of whatever artist. I had, I had the best of, I had the best of Billy Joel. I had the best of uh, Aerosmith was, uh, I think it was called Big Ones. Remember that one? Yep. Yep. And best of albums were essentially when uh, a band wants to kind of finish their contract 
best way to get rid of it is just put an album, a compilation album, maybe one or two new songs. Usually that was the case. If not, what would happen to be a live recording too? True. Yeah, that's something I don't really seek out anymore. I used to love live recordings. Now, I don't know. I'm more of a studio album kind of guy. Well, it depends on the bands too. Like, what would you, like, I, at work, I had a client who, like, I've started listening to some Fish tunes because of it, and I find them super interesting. Fish has bazillions of live albums. Oh, my friend. It is, it is monstrous. Next time we have Casey Liss on, we should mention Fish to him because his co-host Marco is a huge Fish fan. I can see the the appeal of Fish and all the different live versions, but to me, like, it is so granular and comparing, like, one performance stacked against hundreds of others is is kind of uh, difficult. When is the last live album you listened to, do you think? But I I listened to La Scala by Keith Jarrett, which is a live improvisation. Okay. So there we go. That's a, that's a a live album that makes sense. Yeah, I do. You're right. I do. I do like live stuff. Have you ever listened to live, live? (laughs) I've seen live, live. I believe I've seen them live too. I I saw live, live in 2019 and they were past their live prime. Let me tell you. Best buy date is gone. (laughs) I mean, listen, it was a package tour of live Bush and our lady piece, right? So. They were in their heyday during yeah. B- Big Shiny Tunes, though. Exactly. Well, some... funnily enough, Our Lady Peace only started appearing on the on the fifth or sixth iteration of that Big Shiny Tunes. Yeah. Nothing yeah. from Clumsy or anything like that? No, which was super surprising when I was compiling everything. I did I did a bunch of, of surprising figures and stats, including like the compilations with the most number of like people of color and women and things like that. And that was one of the many things that I noticed is that they didn't show up for uh, like a long time. I'm shocked because if you would have told me, name which Big Shiny Tunes... Early piece appeared on. You gave me multiple choice. I would have picked the lowest, like the one. first three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within the first three, easily. The uh, so Nickelback obviously has the most number of appearances, and I am um, I'm not a Nickelback apologist, but I do enjoy their music for what it is. And you can go ahead and let me know how wrong I am over on Twitter. Double underscore density. I am ready to fight. I have watched like video essays about Nickelback on YouTube explaining why people don't like them and it's not because it's terrible music they're no worse or better than other bands of that type they're an avatar but well the problem with them is that there was a time when you could not escape them yeah there's ubiquity to them post 9-11 they were constantly playing on the radio could you name three nickelback songs right now how you remind me yep hero uh, point five is that yeah? Because that's a Josie, whatever. Yeah, Chad Kroger, and obviously uh, uh, the outlaw the Josie Wales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Chad Kroger, uh, Josie Scott from Saliva or X Saliva, and then the old drummer from Early Peace, all in there for the Spider Man soundtrack. So point five. So one point five out of three. You're gonna have to remind me. Photograph the the other meme one. Oh yeah, the one that sounds like how to remind how you remind yeah, me, right? They sound. Yeah. I remember getting a the MP3. Uh, yeah, the- well, no, I remember somebody sending me a a flash video where you could choose between the two of them, and the one would be in the left channel, one would be in the right, and they were the same song. Yeah, it's genius. It's genius. No, not even pitch corrected. It's the same song, same exactly, chords. Yeah, so smart. I do think they're like a cut above Imagine Dragons, though. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, the hooks are a little more memorable, I think, than Imagine Dragons. But Imagine Dragons was like the biggest rock act of the last like ten years or whatever, according to Billboard, right? So, yeah, but not for music snobs like us. <laughs> Needs <laughs> no, more jazz. True. Yeah, little, little. I want some. I want some. You know, chromatic scales going on. Yeah. Speaking of that, though, I I recently listened to. Um, so I saw a band named Soen, who are a prog rock band. I saw them last week, 
and uh, it kind of coincided with the release of the of a live album they did with the symphony and it was great to like see them and then go home and listen to that and see how those songs had had transformed and you enjoyed it oh greatly so yeah did you enjoy being in a crowd of people i did not no no do you do people still wear masks to those things I we were some of the few. I did okay. not wear one to that one. I felt a little invincible that night, but a friend of mine did. Yeah, and I'm going to a show. The show I'm going to on, on Wednesday. I'm definitely wearing one because it's sold out. Okay, that'll be fun. Cheek to jowl with other uh, death metal people. That's well, not even death metal, Angelo. It is to me. It's it's all noise to you apparently. No, this is metalcore. It's a little more like the choruses you'd actually enjoy. The choruses, yes. I I just come for the choruses, <laughs> and that makes things all right. Yeah. The last piece of news on the tech side of things is a is a tweet I linked to you recently from Unseen Japan all about how YouTube has recently taken down over 200 videos of so-called uh, burakumin areas, right? So these are um, very interesting areas in that they um, – the closest thing I could compare to is like a ca- – like the caste system in India. So these are people who like – it literally means like to live like – outside a hamlet or something like it, it, to live outside the city yeah the and, article compares them to the untouchables in uh in india yeah and so basically it's tied to the idea of these people um have you know they are butchers uh undertakers um people of like a quote-unquote like lower ilk like even like people who clean up garbage right unlike other discriminatory practices in the world this is not one that is like aesthetic in nature necessarily like you can't differentiate two people of different castes necessarily or two two levels of society in japan you kind of just know by their occupation i did not know this existed i'd never heard of this i'd never I, heard of it until i saw the the tweet earlier this week and i did a deep dive and it's it's super interesting so basically youtube took down these all these videos of like where to find these people because they they're like targeted campaigns of harassment against um um people who live in these areas that's really good on youtube for actually doing this uh, often enough people don't seem to care about this stuff especially twitter these days <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a bit, but uh, yeah, I find it really interesting, and it's you know you and I are so um, North American centric with this kind of stuff, right? That it's just it's easy to forget that there are parts of the world that that have these these um, uh, intersocial issues. You don't think of Japan as being like that, though? Not necessarily, but I think they've done a really good job of like portraying a certain kind of image globally, right? Yeah. So I think that like appearing to be like good global citizens is a high priority and like saving face and um being able to once again like portray themselves in a certain light i think um and control the narrative of that i think is helped but like stuff like this happens um they're pretty i don't want to say regularly but like there are definitely like different types of discrimination going on in that in in any kind of society right social media has to be more aware of these things and how it's affecting people that's a difficult one too right because you can't necessarily like unless like because the other issue unless I I want to say for the paranormal, but like we'll talk about it here too. Um, you know, uh, the idea of like targeted harassment goes both ways, right? Because there are targeted um, reporting schemes too, right? So people can claim oppression and then go after someone who's just reporting on a story, for example, and trying to get them and their account blocked or like you know taken down or whatever. Yeah, we. This is the problem, and the people that are advocates against things like the Me Too movement which they're wrong usually to, to be advocates against it. They're, their point is that this ruins the lives of other people that don't necessarily deserve to have their lives ruined, even though all the good it does. That frustrates me to no end. 
in a way, I kind of see their point, sort of, but it's a terrible point they're trying to make, and usually it's coming from a place of malice. So, no, and also fragility, right? I think too. At the end of the yeah. day, it's just about worrying that, like, oh, I'm next, despite yeah. the fact that, like, they have not um, engaged in um, shitty activities. Everybody's against the poor white man these days. <laughs> Speaking of that, I watched two great societal class-based uh, dark comedies this week without realizing it. I watched The Menu, starring Ray Fiennes and Anya Taylor Joy. I went to go see that in theaters this week. It was Princess super Peach. enjoyable. Sorry, she's going to be Princess Peach. Did you know that? Oh, right. She's going to be in Persist Peach. Sure, I heard she's going to be in the speech. And I was like, the King's speech? Like the old movie? Like, I'm, yeah, she was making that already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I saw Triangle of Sadness. So that was also enjoyable. So it was a week filled with like um, things I do not know. I, well, I know the menu. And is that related to Pig somehow? Uh, sort of. I've not watched that either. I just kind of read something about that. I think that you'd really enjoy uh, Pig too if you haven't had a chance to watch it. I have not. I should watch that, I guess. There's so much stuff to watch, but I'm being more choosy with certain things. I'll watch a couple of episodes. If I don't like it, I'll stop watching. I definitely would recommend both Triangle of Sadness and The Menu. The Menu is only in theaters right now, um, and Triangle of Sadness, I think, is on VOD and streaming. So definitely go look for that if you want. Good. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for it to appear on one of my various streaming services. You should. They're both super enjoyable, and that is what I'm doing with my time instead of fixing the bloatware on this HP over here. Why would you want to do that? You, when, when you're on it and you're trying to fix something, but YouTube is right there. <laughs> just, just want to click, click over, it. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a big problem in this household. You love the ads. Now, I don't watch YouTube with ads anymore, as we discussed, but is that guy who's, uh, who to- shows you his bookcase and his Lamborghini still there? Oh, what he, was his name? Mark Tio? No. No. Ty something. Ty Lopez. So you're yeah. talking about Ty Lopez from like uh, uh, 2015 YouTube. Yeah, he had like the fake house. Yeah, the rented, the rented Lamborghini, the rented yeah. house. Yeah, well, knowledge. You know, all you need is knowledge. This, there's all this kind of um, industry. These industries have popped up where, like, you can rent things to look fancier. Right? Like, for example, like you can rent uh, the like runway space to pretend that you are going onto or coming off of a plane. You can also rent the inside of the plane. Well, I mean, that's one way to be an influencer. Well, uh, there's a whole kind people of people are uh, always hustling. Did you accidentally quote Rick Ross? No, I have no oh. idea what I know. Do you not know Rick Ross? I know who Rick Ross is. He's okay. a uh, a rapper of some kind. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And uh, he has a song called Hustlin' where he, of course, the chorus is every day I'm hustling, hustling, every day oh, I'm hustling. Oh, that I know. I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard okay. that. Well, there you go. So that's, that's, I thought you were playing out to that, but I guess you weren't. No, inadvertently I did, though. <laughs> Makes me seem smart. I, I will and go connected. ahead and, and say that you, yeah, you're hip to what the kids are doing these days. Very hip to it. Angela, I think it's time we head on over to the paranormal side of things. How does that sound? Sounds good. Hey, LOL, G2G. I got a couple, baby, watch for me, cause I'll be right back. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So I am loath to discuss this, but here we are. The ever uh, on fire space of, of Twitter continues, right? So uh, yay, formerly Kanye West. Uh, was oh, is that, is he's, he's officially changed his name? Yeah, to yay. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. 
And uh, clearly, uh, I've showed you links to this, but he was on Alex Jones this week. It was a friggin' disaster. And so I did not believe that he was on Alex Jones because that didn't like. Why would his face be covered like that? He has done that before. It's it's a it, he's into fashion, right? So that's a choice he makes sometimes. If you've, you've he's gone out w- with Kim Kardashian before, looking like that, so it's nothing new. Um, but him, Nick Fuentes, uh, known anti-Semite, and Milo uh, Yiannopoulos, who we've talked about before, who's just a, you know a you know a right-wing grifter, um, all showed up on Alex Jones, and Ye was super anti-Semitic, and it was super um, shitty to like hear that go down, and like the clips seems like parody, but. Unfortunately not. And it was this weird thing where Alex Jones was like the sanest person. He tried to get Ye to like walk back some of the claims. And he sounded uncomfortable. Yes. For the first time ever. Yeah. Yeah. He was not yelling or anything. He nope. tried to walk him back, like you said, and uh, he was not catching. No, exactly. And so as part of this kind of like push to be as like a, you know, a known anti-Semite, he had tweeted out images of a Star of David with a swastika inside of it. Now, what's that familiar of, Brian? So, several people have pointed out that this is familiar to the uh, Raelian symbol of, like... So, the Raelian symbol kind of looks like a peppermint twist inside of a a six-point star, a blue six-point star. Yeah, and so was it the exact same thing he, t- he tweeted out or not, as as the foremost Raelian expert? I mean, it was similar, but, like... Similar, but not goodness, the exact yeah. same. No, exactly. And, you know, like, really, like, we've talked about how aliens aren't, like, the worst, but they're also not the best. There's some kind of, like, free love stuff in there that is, like, problematic. Yeah, do they have anti-Semitic uh, undertones, the aliens? No, like, they they were just, yeah. I mean, like, once again, like, we talked about them last week, and we're talking about them this week. Like, uh, Yeah, they're like BuzzFeed. <laughs> sort of, yeah. I mean, like, not the best, not the worst, but, like... Uh, they're paying uh, you off, just like BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes i i'm on big buzzfeed's uh payroll exactly no i just i found it was like kind of strange that you know it's kind of like this weird postmodernist kind of take of like you know symbols and symbolism existing and then try to like recontextualize them on the fly despite it not working out it upsets me that people are still trying to defend them the thing is he finally he got banned from twitter for this yeah. but now the whole thing is that he seems to have gotten banned after he shared a really unflattering picture of elon musk so, I mean, there's a, uh, yeah, you mean free speech advocate, Elon Musk? Yeah, that, so free speech is free speech until it becomes really bad, and then it's no longer free anymore. Um, I think it needs to be walked back even more, because... Of course! Just, like, free speech shouldn't be uh, hate speech. <laughs> there's this whole conspiracy theory that uh, Milianopoulos brought uh, Ye and... Um, who's the, the, the horrible... Nick Fuentes. Yeah, it's yeah. Mar-a-Lago. And, well, it's yeah, not a conspiracy and, theory, it's true. Yeah, so he did it on purpose to discredit Trump, from what I understand. Yeah, because he got brushed aside um, yeah. years earlier. By so the Trump I think so. That that's the conspiracy theory is that he did it. But has has Yiannopoulos actually said that that's why he did it? No, but like so, we're recording here on December fourth, right? So he uh, had been asked by um, Ye and Fuentes to like step aside. They're like weird. I don't know what to call it. Like tour, I guess. Like anti semite all star tour. Like I don't know what to call it. The other thing also is uh, Musk. Re- revealing the Biden files or whatever. Uh, let's not get a twist of that. Like you and I both agree that like, you know, every um, single um, journalistic outlet has certain biases, right. And certain no. friendships and relationships they want to protect. I know. Never. So in this instance, the Biden um, campaign, right. Cause this happens pre-election. So it wasn't the U S government. It was Joseph F. Robinette Biden's team had asked Twitter to step in and censor some of the stuff. And 
there is an argument to be made that like some of Hunter's stuff, like for example, like leaking dick pics of him, like obviously gotten rid of, but there's some other stuff out there that like controlling the narrative a little bit too much. And yeah. isn't, was it in the public interest to like have that out there? I don't know. But to act like this is a smoking gun isn't really a smoking gun. A lot of people are actually like rightfully mad about that. They were like smoking cannons though for Trump and that still didn't work anyway. So. No, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, oh, so I forgot to mention though, the silver lining of the whole yay thing is that the Kanye West subreddit has been both um, sharing information about the Holocaust and uh, promoting Taylor Swift memes. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty great. I read a whole article uh, recently. I don't remember what it was like ar- arguing whether or not Taylor Swift is like the only pop star we currently have. Like the, like I'm um, like mega star. Well, because I guess y- you can compare it to Michael Jackson in his heyday. I mean, like even better, like even more so because of her string of of number one records premiering on number one, right? and how like, she's not a secret creeper that we don't. Have well, anyway. yeah, fingers crossed that that's not the case. Well, there are rumors that she is reptilian. Well, I mean, that's a whole other conversation we can have, tying back to class too, I guess, right? Because the idea here is that the reptilians are part of the the uh, super rich NWO. Well, yeah, exactly, right? That's the whole idea there is that, like, you know, um, they are a class unto themselves that needs to um, either reptilians uh, feeding on babies or the adrenochrome that be, that children and babies give you to keep you young and vibrant. Double density. Let's go from the uh, future all the way into the past. So I linked you to a recent article from the Los Angeles Review of Books, which was kind of like a personal essay about Art Bell um, by Jesse Robertson, which was uh, came out a couple weeks ago. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I like talking about Art Bell. I think he's complicated. I felt it was extremely enjoyable. Wonderful little yeah. article to read it. So I had some thoughts about Art Bell, and I, I guess I kind of know how you feel about him, but like, what does he mean to you? I didn't listen to Coast to Coast anywhere near as much as you did i i i would catch it from time to time i knew there was a f- weird fun paranormal show around what 11 o'clock it was it would start playing well it depends but like yeah anywhere from 10 to midnight depending on on where we were east of the rockies west of the well, on where we're and like sometimes they would do like replays of the night before um early on i thoroughly enjoyed it anytime i listened i thought it was out there but what does it mean to you? Because I, I feel like when I found that you had hard drives full of old episodes, <laughs> uh, I thought and it was all really... And all of his books over here to the side. Yeah. So, so what did Art Bell mean to you? That's a really good question, actually. And I, he meant a lot of things to me. I think he was someone who I um, learned from, I think, and also learned to understand to hear people out for better or for worse, which is kind of like problematic now, I think, a little bit when you consider the like you, you, there's a culture of like letting every crank have their 15 minutes. Yeah, and that's another thing. So the article starts with a weird thing that happened where uh, somebody was talking about how... September 11th, 97. Yeah, the infamous Area 51 um, uh, issue, right? Where a caller had called in pretending that Area 51 was uh, uh, very problematic and that there's an alien invasion. And uh, yeah, and that uh, he's just been on the run. I, and and then, have you heard that appearance? I'm oh, assuming you uh, have, right? Uh, dozens of times, yeah. Okay, I, I don't think I've ever heard it, but reading it it felt like performance art almost and it made me wonder was art bell in on it i don't think he was because so okay so the other thing too is that like this satellite uplink goes down and basically like his show gets knocked out of commission uh, pretty much at the same time which is very interesting Um, that well that's what made me think was he was this all part of the show for him as an entertainer so here's here's an added kind of of layer to that um a writer from penthouse was in the studio that night huh so and they were talking about saucy stories. 
<laughs> no, he was there. Not saucer stories. He was there to do a profile on him. So, you know, um, so, you know, there could there be credence there that he was kind of putting on a, a little bit of a dog and pony show there, perhaps. Well, that's what it feels like. That It's just too perfect that this yeah. Area 51 guy calls and the satellite gets knocked out. And he lived alone in the desert, right? Like, Well, him and his wife. Well, it's not in the desert. He's in Pahrump, Nevada, which is a tiny town. Because I'm literally picturing a, sh- a shack in the <laughs> desert with a satellite. No, no, no. It was much better than that. No, he lived in Pahrump, Nevada, which was like a smaller town, but definitely not alone uh, out there in the desert. And he had a, But he did have a home radio studio. Oh, yeah. He had a whole setup, yeah. Like so, he was a podcast before there was podcasting. Yeah, and he ran his own board too, right? Which is kind of interesting. He he, no one screamed calls except for him when he let people go in the air. It must have led to some really bonkers interactions. There's a ton. I mean, I've also like started collecting uh, a bunch of like really weird caller interactions throughout the years that I've like sent as MP3 files to, to friends of mine. But it's kind of funny coming back to the September 11, 1997, when I actually used that. Uh, this is the nerdiest thing I'm going to say. I used that as uh, a in part of an intro for a jokey rap band I was a part of. <laughs> that doesn't surprise uh, me. Um, and so we used that and kind of chopped that up as part of our intro before our sets began. I will have to go and look for that and listen to it. I'm sure it's available somewhere. Very oh, easily. I can. Yeah, there's a ton of YouTube clips and stuff. You can just go listen to the Tool song that has it. Fat the Owlad, right? That really, I didn't know samples that. Samples it. Yeah, yeah, off of uh, Lateralis. He was he was ubiquitous in pop culture then for a while. He was, he, yeah, he was like he was in commercials. He did a lot of appearances. He was on CNN. Um, and then, you know, some personal stuff happens. Like he, uh, he was getting death threats. His son got abducted. Like there's a bunch of like really strange setbacks that kind of made him put his foot down and kind of like de- he declined in, in popularity. And that's when George Norrie kind of stepped in to do the five nights a week. Cause, um, art wasn't really, uh, up to doing a regular load of shows. Yeah. He had health issues as well. Yeah. But it's, it's also more so it seems like he just, um, and this happened in 2015 where he, he and- ended his, so he, he kind of relaunched on the internet um in july 2015 i want to say and kind of ended at the end of 2015 when the last broadcast was him uh, claiming they heard gunshots and then went off the air and then like kind of just didn't return again though that feels like performance art to me it does that one felt definitely like performance art because for example like there was no um police filing at all like yeah. no one had made any kind of like call to the police there's nothing there right so it, it just seemed like he was kind of like his own worst enemy in certain ways but that kind of thing which i found kind of of interesting and like like we talked about how he can be problematic before and he did mean a lot to me in that like i got to hear a lot of like the things i thought about a lot as a kid like i didn't really mm-hmm. get to talk to anyone like i didn't have a lot of friends as a kid so i didn't really have a chance to like talk about these things and so that was kind of like a safe conduit for me to sort of explore like weird things and go to the library and take out weird books and like end up at like used bookstores and like buying a a weird book or two well it makes me think back to the time when we were talking we had known each other for a few years already and we started realizing we both like paranormal stuff yeah that was kind of a weird thing and i always tell people you know they when it comes up that i do a podcast and stuff because it's been coming up and you know people are they'll, they'll ask me what i do and hobbies and stuff because you, you start seeing people again after two years of uh, being underground and uh, I'll say, oh, it's a, it's about tech, and they're like, yeah, okay. That, and then I mention the paranormal, and they look at me like, really, huh? And more often than not, that piques more of their interest in the tech part. That is that is not a surprise. Yeah, uh, there. I think in twenty twenty three, I'd like to recommend. Like, I have a book here that you know we should be reading that AI uh, aliens book soon. Yes. I, I sent that over to you, so we should should read that there. But how did you end up on the Paracast forums? Like, how did you decide to like venture out from being like a listener to an active member of a community? I 
so I was listening to the Paracast. I thought it was, at the time, there weren't many paranormal podcasts, right? This was 2006, 7, 8, around then, right? And uh, they kept mentioning their forums, so I ended up on the forums, and it was uh, it was weird talking to people like that because being on those forums, I went from, I would say, like, more of a believer than you are now to being completely skeptical once I started listening to that show and listening to the stuff people said. Yeah. And then sort of arguing in the most friendly of ways on the forum, and then they decided that they suggested I, I become a, a moderator on the forums because I was pretty <laughs> even-keeled. And that was fun. But, like, banning people, I would be accused of being a horrible skeptic. You're a psyop, though, right? You're a psyop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that happened many times. The things I, I ended up arguing with people the most would be about 9-11. And um, oh, around the time Obama came around, the uh, whole birth certificate stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, climate change. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it's funny because, like, there's, like, the only two I can think of is, like, Jim Harold's paranormal broadcast and, like, the Paracast. And that's pretty much it from, like... The early, early days. Yeah. Did you listen to the podcast? A couple episodes. It, I didn't really start getting into podcasts to like 10 years ago, if not if not later than that. Yeah, I was way ahead of the, of you on the podcast thing. But no, mostly, no, I I would say eight years, actually. I'm trying to do some math. So like 2013, Well, when they were invented by Serial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it was it was it was about a year before Serial. So whenever that was, that's that's kind of when I, I hit my stride with podcasts. I, just around the time, you know, you 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 knew me and I kept saying, you should listen to these podcast things I listen to. Yeah, you had like a whole stand and a pamphlet. It was like those Jehovah's Witnesses, but for podcasting. Yeah, yeah. The Watchtower. It was the Listen Tower instead of Watch. What What keeps you coming back to this kind of stuff, do you think? Paranormal? Yeah. It, it's always changing, and it stays the same. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So there's always new things people bring up, but it feels like a circle because it's new things, but then I see the connections to the old things, and it's always the same thing. There's new people that come, New it's waves, quote yeah, unquote it's exact, researchers, it's right? Yeah, who have this incredible evidence, but they can't share it just yet, and that, and then they end up like never sharing it. Yeah, either they go out of the public eye, or they die, or whatever, or they claim that they're um, uh, attacked by like government agents or something. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I was kind of thinking about that, like pre pre like um, twenty seventeen. Um, New York Times article, like like uh, mid to like mid twenty tens, was really the era of the cryptid, almost like all of these like reality shows about cryptids. Well, the, I remember learning about the chupacabra about that. I think it was an unsolved mysteries episode where I learned about the chupacabra, but that was always interesting to me and in how it had sort of connotations with it being a cryptid, but also maybe an alien. Either or, yeah. Well, there's the Louis Theroux, right? The the Weird Weekends episode that you and I have watched together, and we've mentioned this before about how like. There may be a, a chupacabra just hanging out. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, it, it just always, it's, it's always in flux, but nothing, nothing has ever come to prove all this stuff, right? We've been talking about UFOs and aliens in, in sort of the public spotlight since the 50s, really, and before then, when, uh, you know, it goes back to, uh, I, I keep wanting to say Kevin Arnold, but no, what's his name? Kenneth Arnold. Kenneth Arnold, yeah. Kevin Arnold was too busy narrating his life on The Wonder Years. But uh, yeah, when he saw the objects in the sky, like having learned more about him, he was a UFO guy though, right? He liked UFOs. He had, so it puts that whole thing up in question that did he see what he wanted to see or did he actually see something? 
right? Because I feel that, and this is still the case, believers will see what they want to see in the sky and then they'll never get a picture of it properly. Right. So here's, here's, let's get meta for a sec. Like one of the, the accusations we've had, um, uh, less so about me, but more so about you is that like, you just, you poo poo everything. Right. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, my job. but but then like, why, like my question is like, why haven't you walked away from it? Right. Like I'm, because that's I want to know why, I know. why do people think this? Why do people believe in this? I, it'd be really cool if, well, would it be cool, actually, because they could obliterate us if they were actual aliens, but <laughs> why do people obsess about this and think they've been abducted when I've had similar experiences, but I know, I know it's not an alien abduction. I yeah, know it's a sleep it's, paralysis demon. Yeah. Yeah. They'll just tell me, no, the aliens make you think it's sleep For me, paralysis. it's, I mean, it's stupidity. I think in my end, like, I want to stupidly believe that, like, there will be something in the future that will change things, right? Like, I just, I keep clinging on to that, like, faint light of hope that, like, there is something different and interesting out there that we have yet to encounter and, and uncover and name and share, um, even though it's, like, always the same. And I, I, I also like that this is both controversial in many cases, but ultimately completely harmless. Yeah, unlike some of the stuff we've talked about, like like especially like the QAnon stuff and like more cult like stuff is that we've tried to stay away more so from because I feel like there are like we're not a true crime podcast and I have my issues with true crime podcasts, right? And so like I avoid wanting to talk about things that have um, uh, human stakes to them in like uh, in like uh, a life and death kind of ways. Yeah, that's why I, I really prefer the whole cryptids, ghosts, aliens thing as opposed to even though we talk about them conspiracy theories because in many cases these conspiracy theories do hurt other people yeah i mean they're they're tangible right like it's just it's insane to me that we've reached this part of society but i we've talked about the breakdown of the moral fabric i'm kidding about that one no i think it's just more so like people willing to buy into tribalism yeah well having reached that i think we've reached the end of the episode too i was about to let you know angela and, and shake her hand and agree with you Good job. Um, we talked about wanting to watch Christmas horror movies last episode. I think we should do that for next week. How does that sound? Sounds good. I'll have to look. Unfortunately, Silent Light, Deadly Night, the first one is not available anywhere. But the second one seems to be available on Tubi, so I may give that a shot. What I would say about Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is that you don't need to watch the first one to know what's happening. And once you watch the movie, you will understand. And is that what you want me to watch? Let's start with that, yeah. And then I'll, I'll actually poke around TV tonight as we're recording here on the 4th and see what's going on and uh, see if I can find a couple more that we can sort of uh, discuss. Okay. I'm, I'm willing and able to do this. I am so glad to hear that. So yeah, this has been it for episode 204 of the Double Density Podcast. Before I forget, Angela, where can people find us? Well, the first place to go to is doubledensity.net. Um, you'll actually find all our links there, but you can find this also on Twitter at... Uh, double underscore density finally and and then also on instagram at double density podcast i've been neglecting that and one of my goals for 2023 is to do at least a post a week or a story a week so i'm just I'm post your spotify wrapped every week oh yeah and i'll just i'll get you can actually collect i don't know if this is true for for apple Podcasts, but like i can actually go check out stats um using third-party um uh web platforms i don't know if is this i think spotify is still a little bit bigger than Apple Music. Yes, they are, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more people using it, so maybe it's more lucrative to have those types of tools. And maybe Apple is more secretive with their stats that they can't really allow it, so I don't know. Um, where can people find you, Brian? Uh, Brian Hasty, Brian with an I, over on Twitter. And Wait, you Brian, Brian with a Y? <laughs> Never, my friend. <laughs> that is um, an incorrect spelling. 
And then Brian MCL over on Instagram if you want to follow me there. And then Angelo, where can people find you on the internet? Angelo Furin at Twitter um, and on Mastodon. No. Do you want to read out your phone number too while we're at it? Yeah, no. I'm not on Mastodon. I did get a text message from um, 999999999 saying I had money waiting for me. Uh, I just had to enter some information. I see so, no problems with that. You should yeah. be doing that. So. I mean, it's the Canadian government. Uh, they they yeah. don't lie. Yeah, absolutely. Just go collect that money. And every single time a bank reaches out to you, say yes. Perfect. Okay. They can only do like great things for your life. All right. As I said before, this is it for episode 204 of the Double Density Podcast. And you guys can tune in next week as we take a ho-ho horror ride. I'll see you there, Angelo. See you there. <laughs>